What's up? Good morning, and welcome to the second episode of the Pick 6 Blog World Podcast. I'm your host, EJ, the sports fan, and we're talking about our Week 8 post-game results. Uh, from yesterday, it was a crazy Sunday. It was a lot of upsets on this, uh, on this day. Uh, it finished off with the uh, Eagles beating the Cowboys 27-9, and that was... I guess a better game than I, I would expect, but Sunday was a very busy day with a lot of upsets. Uh, the first game, you only had a couple games I really had a uh, focus on. Uh, some of the other games involved teams that didn't have winning records, but this Pittsburgh game that, that was played yesterday against the Ravens, uh, it was a very entertaining game. I believe they had about three lead changes. Uh, it wasn't a good game for your boy Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he had two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, the Steelers still has really got a lot of confidence going on, especially in the uh, take sole possession of the uh, AFC uh, North. I mean, it's a really good division, top to bottom. Uh, even with Cincinnati, they kept they keep everything competitive. But the Steelers, they went into uh, Baltimore and got the win uh, behind Ben Roethlisberger's two interceptions. I uh, were two touchdowns. Um, like I said, uh, Lamar Jackson, it wasn't a good day for him. Still, it's kind of neutralized him as far as running the ball. Ravens did have some success running the ball, but those two turnovers proved to be costly. Uh, it was the game of momentum swings. Uh, your boy, Ben Rollinsberger and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had about 73 yards uh, receiving with about seven, touch- with about seven uh, catches. So it, it was a pretty good game. Uh, I kind of caught the tail end of the first quarter. But uh, I anticipate them having a lot of good games down the road, too. Uh, there's another game that they play later in the year. Uh, that one's probably going to have the same amount of stakes also. Uh, probably going to be about playoff positioning. Uh, these teams always put on good shows. Like I said, there's always a knock, knockout, dragout fight. Uh, I did have the Steelers to win this game, so you know I guess I could pat myself on the back about that. But uh, Steelers go to seven and zero, and the Ravens fall to five and two. Second place in the AFC North. Uh, the next game, which was a complete surprise to me, I knew Joe Brower was a beast. Uh, I knew he uh he doesn't play like a rookie, but for him. And to have that performance against the Tennessee Titans, I mean, that was really impressive. I mean, that guy, he had nerves of steel. Uh, they could get a defense around him and a good offensive line. I mean, the Bengals won't be a laughing stock anymore because Joe Burrow is the truth. Tennessee has a pretty good defense and a pretty good offense as far as the ball control. And Tennessee ran the ball for 218 yards. Usually when you run for that many yards, you win a lot of games. But nevertheless, Joe Burrow went in there, threw that last touchdown to Tyler Boyd. I actually looked at this game. Uh, turnovers really wasn't a fact. It was just the fact that they couldn't stop Cincinnati's offense. Uh, Tannehill had two touchdowns himself. Henry had 118 yards, but they had 218 yards as a team. Usually when Tennessee runs for that many yards, usually they win probably 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 of their games. But... The connection between Burrow and Tyler Boyd, I mean, he, he has a, a built-in rapport with Tyler Boyd now. Uh, I don't know what's going on with A.J. Green. 
Uh, he just can't seem to find his rhythm, but when he does, they're really going to take off for us like, as a team. So the Bengals moved to 2-4-1. and one. Still got that tie linging out there, and the uh, Titans, uh, they fall to 5-2. and two. Titans are still in first place in the AFC South, tied with the Indianapolis Colts, who beat the uh, Lions 41-21 uh, yesterday in Detroit. Uh, this is a very quiet team. They play pretty good. They play real good defense. Um, Phillip Rivers is leading this team. Uh, you don't suspect the Indianapolis Colts to be 5-2. and two. A lot of people, honestly, they forget about them like I have. But Colts are a very good team. They play strong defense. They do have weapons. And they will be a team to contend with. I mean, they don't have the Texans to worry about in the AFC or the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this seems like a, a two-legged race. Like I said, Philip Rivers is quietly, quietly leading Indianapolis to bigger and better things. Uh, it's going to be a real big game when Tennessee finally plays in the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it's going to be really big time. But Indianapolis 5-2, and two, and Tennessee falls to 5-2. and two. So we're really looking forward to that matchup uh, down the line in the season. We got Green Bay and Minnesota. That was another big game. I picked Green Bay to win this game going away because I didn't think Minnesota had a defense. And lo and behold, Minnesota wins the game 28-22 to 22 on the legs of Derrick Cook. Uh, Derrick Cook. And he on, uh, on the legs of uh, Cook. Cook had 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns. That's well over five yards per carry. So, I mean, he, he really ran over the Packers. Uh, I always thought that was a concern of the Packers. The Packers, they can move the ball, they can throw the ball, they can score points. But can they stop people? If you could go and score 32 points or 35 points, but you give up 38 points, I mean, that, 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 that's a recipe for a disaster. Uh, obviously, they can't stop the run. Uh, they can run themselves with the opportunity to possess themselves, but Minnesota just came out and just focused on the run. It just ran over the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field in this game. I was kind of shocked when I turned to this game, but I wasn't too shocked because, like I said, Green Bay, they, they, they don't own defense. Uh, they don't have a really good defense they really need to work on that down the line I, I don't see them i don't even see them winning the playoffs if they don't get the defense in order i see them more with like a nine and 17 but minnesota not really a, i don't see them as a playoff team either uh they just gonna have to change the whole likelihood and and, and the whole direction of the actual team maybe they should make cook the focal point of the offense i mean i know you have a Justin Jefferson and uh, Adam Thielen as your wide receivers, but I mean, I, I think that he'll put the he'll put the team in a better position of winning if they build the offense around him going forward. So the Packers fall to five and two, and the Bears just fell to five and three. So this seems like another two-legged race in a division and the NFC North between the Packers and the Bears. Next, we have the shocker of the weekend, in my opinion. Miami beats the Rams, 28-17. I have never seen a game with these stats, these 
misleading with with these many misleading stats. Listen to these stats. The Rams had 471 yards of total offense. Miami had 145. The rookie Tua Tonga Valor had 93 yards rushing and one touchdown. Jared Goff had 355 yards, one touchdown, and two very costly interceptions. The Rams had 31 first downs to the Miami Dolphins had a grand total of eight first downs. So 93 passing yards and eight first downs for the Miami Dolphins. Yet Miami Dolphins win 28 to 17. Uh, those stats are very misleading because the Rams had four turnovers in this game. Uh, the Rams, I mean, I had a lot of confidence in the Rams, but I mean, it was always in the book that the, the way that you get to Jared Goff is in the pocket. You pressure him in the pocket. You don't let him stand back there all day throwing the football and everything, and that's exactly what the Miami Dolphins did. When I tell you the Rams spent more time in the backfield than the referees and, and, and everything else, I mean, every time I looked at this game, every time I turned to this game, Miami was in the backfield. Or some lineman or some, or some running back was picking up a fumble or running back an interception for a touchdown. So if Miami can do this, on a weekly basis, they become a very dangerous team, especially getting limited production from Tua Tagovailoa, because the Rams had this ball pretty much the whole game, but it was just the turnovers that shortened the game and led to these misleading stats. But the Rams, they fall to five and three in a very ultra competitive NFC West, and Miami move up to four and four or four and three. I'm sorry, in the AFC East, uh, right behind the uh, Buffalo Bills, which also I didn't. That wasn't a game on my radar, but the Bills did beat the. They did beat the Patriots, uh, 20, 24 to twenty-one. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, Cam Newton had a costly fumble, which led to a, a Bills touchdown. But the Bills are solely in first place in the NFC East. And it seems like everything is in front of them to wrap up the NFC East. But obviously, they have to keep on winning. Um, the closest competition to the Bills would be the Miami Dolphins. So those games they're going to play with them is going to really count for something. Another of the two late games that I had on the docket was uh, San Francisco and Seattle. Seattle beat San Francisco 37 to 20, 27. Uh, Russell Wilson had four touchdowns. Uh, the big man, who I call T.O. 2.0, a DK Metcalf had 12 receptions, 161 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, this guy is a straight up beast. Uh, I seen him in Ole Miss. Uh, he was a beast there, and he's even more of a beast now. I mean, he's tall, he's fast, and, and he's like a matchup problem for a lot of cornerbacks. Nowadays, a lot of teams have these cornerbacks that don't have a lot of height but have speed. And some teams have cornerbacks that have height but not as fast. So this guy's pretty much like a matchup problem. I mean, for a shorter for a shorter cornerback, he's too tall. For a taller running quarterback, he's too fast. And you put a linebacker on him, 
that's that's bigger than he is or as big as he is, they're not fast enough. So I really don't know what you do with this guy. Uh, Seattle is limited, but yet Russell Wilson keeps tossing touchdowns to people like DK Metcalf and, and the Moore and all of the other weapons that they have on offense. Uh, I just think the undoing will be that they really have trouble running these balls. I mean, if you have a lead, you want to keep a lead, you got two things they're not doing really well right now. They're not playing defense or they're not running the ball. I mean, they're not running the ball good, like, at all. So if you can find a way to stop Russell, Russell Wilson, which nobody in the league has found a way to do, not even the Arizona Cardinals, but they ran the ball and they did force him into a few interceptions. So I believe teams will figure out exactly what the Cardinals did and try to replicate that in the future because you will get exposed if you can't run the ball to play defense in the playoffs. Now, I'm sorry, I like, I like Seattle, but uh, chances are if you can't run that ball, you, you risk the chance of exposing yourself. In the 49ers, I mean, what can you say about a 49ers team that scratched their claw and now they just have their uh, fourth loss, but I mean, my heart goes out to the 49ers. They were dealing with so many injuries. Uh, Jimmy G went out with an injury uh, the other day. Uh, Kittle had an injury the other day. I don't know the extent of the injuries, but the 49ers have had so many injuries. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say about them. I think they have a better record, obviously, if they didn't have all of these injuries. But they, they, they have the misfortune of playing in, in, the, in the NFC West. And that's a very hard division. And they're already behind the eight ball. But Seattle wins this game 37-27. Uh, uh, and Seattle moves to 7-1 in the NFC West. And San Francisco falls to 4-4 four four in the NFC West. Next game we have is between the Saints. I'm a homer. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I'm actually a Saints fan. I, I think a lot of people probably know that who, who know me. Uh, the Saints played the Chicago Bears last night. It was the other late game that has circled. This game was covered by the national half of the national uh, uh, media. Joe Buckingham had this game. So uh, the Saints beat the Chicago Bears 26 to 23 in overtime. Drew Brees was uh, 31 for 41 for 280 yards and two touchdowns. And Kamara, who had 12 carries, 68, 67 yards, and nine receptions for 96 yards. So he almost had 100 yards receiving. Um, this was a game of momentum. Uh, the Saints were up by 10 points until the Bears came back and scored a touchdown by uh, Darrell Mooney, Mooney, the uh, rookie out of uh, Tulane. Uh, this guy, he had a pretty good game. Uh, he had a long, he had a long catch. For over 50 yards, and then he had the touchdown to move the Bears within three. Uh, this game went in overtime. Uh, the Saints had wound up having four sacks uh, and an interception. Uh, it could have been a second interception by uh, Marcus Lattimore, but he dropped that one. Uh, but the defense was encouraging, I guess, for the Saints. Uh, it was better than they have in a few weeks. He actually got to Nick Foles four times. Uh, Nick Foles didn't have a bad game either, throwing for uh, 271 yards. Uh, he did have some uh, good catches. But the Bears' offense, I mean, the commentators actually spoke about it. Uh, the offense lacks creativity. 
uh, it lacks. It's not a. It's not a fact that they don't have weapons. I don't think their weapons are being utilized creatively. And then I think it all begins with their offensive line. Also, uh, they don't have the best of offensive lines. I don't know if it's an offensive coach problem. I don't know if it's just a talent problem on the offensive line, but. It's one thing to pass the ball, but you want an offensive line that's versatile enough that will open up some blocks for your running backs. Uh, we have David Montgomery. He's their running back in Chicago. And Tariq Cohn, he's out for the year. But David Montgomery, I watched him at I, I watched him at Iowa State. He is a really good running back. And it's a crying shame that he can't get blocks to block for to display that. I mean, it's not his fault he doesn't have holes to run through. He's a talented enough running backs to get through these holes, but for some reason, they can't open holes for this guy. Uh, and the Saints, Saints moved to 5-2 and two and have a huge game next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Saints, they put a receiving core together Sunday with spitting glue, and Drew Brees still managed to throw for 280 yards. Granted, it's all short passes, intermediate passes, nothing really deep. I think the ball that Jerry Cook was the longest ball that he threw uh, up the night. But the Saints are, are, are just, they're just a team that just knows how to win. They have a team full of veterans. They have a team of people who actually know how to win. You know their roles. I mean, they did it last year with uh, with Teddy uh, Bridgewater. I mean, he came in and he won those five straight games without Drew Brees. It's just a bunch of guys that just know their roles. For all of the things that we say about the Saints and how they choke at the playoffs and all of that, one thing the Saints do, they win games in November and December. The last three years, they won almost 70% or 80% of their games. So they really know how to win in these two months. So the Saints moved to 5-2. and two. Like I said, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which probably should be the game of the week. Next week, we'll be on Sunday Night Football, and the Bears fall to 5-3 and three and are still in second place in the NFC North with the Green Bay Package, which, again, should be a two-legged race as far as who might win or, or as far as who might win that division. So those are my scores and everything. Uh, for the record, I had the Saints to win this game. I don't know what my score was, but I did have the Saints to win this game. Like I said, it's a bit personal for me. I am, I'm from New Orleans, and the Saints are my team. I've had a rooting interest. So, as far as uh, this weekend's games, um, the player of this week, as far as my player of the week, has to be uh, Cook, Minnesota running back uh, Cook from uh, Minnesota. And whenever you have 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns, I mean, it's hard not to be player of the game or player of the week. I mean, this guy single-handedly put Minnesota on his back in Green Bay. Green Bay have not proven that they could play Apple enough defense. So I don't see a bright future for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you can hang everything on Aaron Rodgers if you want, but if you don't have a defense or a running game, Nine and seven, my friend. Seven and nine or nine and seven. But like I said, my player of the week is uh Derwin Cook. Never you have three touchdowns, 163 yards. You can always win my player of the week. Uh also player of the week would be DK Metcalf. 
I mean, this guy, he had 161 yards receiving the two touchdowns on 12 receptions. I mean, this guy, if he's not rookie of the year, uh, you, you could give it to Joe Burrow. I mean, but it's hard for this guy not to be rookie of the year. I mean, this guy has had a major impact on not just the Seattle Seahawks and the NFC West, but of the whole NFL. And I see a strong future for this guy. Um, but those are my regular, those are my uh, players of the week, DK Metcalf and uh, Cook from uh, Minnesota. Now, uh, let me break down one more of these games. Well, we can look forward to tonight also. I forgot all about the game for tonight. Week 8 is not over. We do have Tampa Bay and the Giants. Tampa Bay and the Giants. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored. Uh, but after week 8, a couple of those games, I mean, we'll not count the Giants out. Tampa Bay uh, has Tom Brady and Gronkowski, Mike Evans, and Godwin, and a lot of other weapons, and, and that feisty defense. Uh, the Giants, Landry Jones, Saquon Barkley, but I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay, obviously. I mean, I, Tampa Bay has a lot of momentum. I mean, the last two people that they played, the Raiders and Green Bay, I mean, they throttled these people. So I picked Tampa Bay to win this game. Uh, I think probably something to the tune of 31 to 10 or something like that. Uh, I just think Tampa Bay is a strong team. Hopefully, they're not looking forward to next week as far as, like, overlooking the Giants because that kind of thing can get you in trouble. Giants have been playing pretty good defense up late. Uh, they just have the mixed fortune of just having a young team. They do have a uh, speedy defense. So Tampa Bay can't run a whistle overlooking an NFL team, or they will not like the outcome of the actual game. But like I said, I have Tampa Bay 31-10 to 10 over the Giants. This game probably will be interesting early, but I just see Tampa Bay leaning on uh leaning on the Giants late. And like I said, this is a young team that they have. So uh yeah, I have Tampa Bay all the way with that with this feisty defense that they have. Um Thursday game. This is gonna be Green Bay and the 49ers. This is gonna be a rematch of the NFC championship game from last year. And once the 49ers ran all over the Green Bay Packers, um, I kind of expect more of the same. Um, the way to beat Green Bay is to run the ball. It always have been to run the ball. When you run the ball, you limit the opportunities that Aaron Rodgers have to throw touchdowns. So I expect the Green Bay Packers to lose another game, to be honest with you. Uh, I expect the 49ers behind uh, Mullins, uh, who's the backup quarterback to Jimmy G, who... May or may not play Thursday, but I don't know. I, but I anticipate Mullins playing. So I I, I anticipate them beating the, the uh, Green Bay Packers. I anticipate them beating the uh, Packers uh, 27 to uh, 21. Brandon Dayuk also had a good game the other day, almost 100 yards receiving. He's another he's another weapon that they have, him and Debo Samuels. I mean, that, that that's a hell of a pair when you come to young, speedy wide receivers. And Brandon Nayuk, I mean, he's quick as a hiccup, and he's pretty tough to bring down also. Watched him in uh, Arizona State as well. 
But I have Green Bay losing this game 27 to 21 on uh, Thursday night. I just think Green Bay is about to hit a loser streak because they can't stop people from running the ball. They may run the ball themselves uh, at a good rate, but if you can't play defense, if you only have Jair Alexander on defense who possibly could be a pro bowler, and that's the only person that you have, I mean, that's the record on the Green Bay Packers. I mean, if you can run the ball against them, if you can limit Aaron Rodgers, you always have a chance to win. 49ers, even with all the injuries still, in my opinion, have a, a, a pretty good defense. It, it's not really good like they would have Bosa and Quan Alexander, but they still have a pretty solid defense, even with all the injuries and everything. So uh, that's my week eight right there. Um, after the night, after the game tonight between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Giants, I'm going to have my uh, top 10. So that's probably going to be tomorrow. I'll probably wait till tomorrow or just do it after the game tonight to have my week nine top 10. You can also check that out on uh, pick6blogworld.com, most likely slash NFL. That's probably going to be the, that's what, that's going to be my website. That's pick six blogworld.com slash NFL to know the pick uh, to week nine's uh, NFL top 10 rankings. I do the one rankings every week. Uh, you can check out week eight rankings as far as who's in my top 10. Uh, you can also leave a comment if you disagree about the top 10. Uh, you can also, if you agree with the top 10, leave me a comment. Uh, you can also follow pick six blog world. On Twitter, Instagram, uh, you can also hit me up on uh, Facebook. Um, you can also follow this. We're gonna be doing more things uh, with the with the Anchor website. I will be putting posting more podcast episodes on here as well. Uh, eventually, we're gonna move to uh, YouTube. Uh, that's gonna be probably within a few weeks. Like I said, this is my uh, second. Uh, episode of my podcast uh, i want to get more followers i want to get more people listening to the podcast so if you would like and subscribe to my podcast uh tell a friend and tell a friend and get that friend and tell another friend that uh pick six blog world covers sports football and basketball uh we might extend it to wrestling as well i am a wrestling fan also so, like I said, follow me at uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, this is Anchor.fm. And so, if you have any questions or anything that I should cover as far as uh, sports or anything, uh, just drop me a line. That pretty cover. That pretty much covers it for week eight. Like I said, I I will have my next episode probably maybe tomorrow. Or before the Thursdays game. So we will have the week nine NFL top 10 rankings for the top 10 best teams in the NFL. And you can look for that on www.pick6blogworld.com. It's your boy EJ, the sports fan, and I'll see you next time.